Welcome to My Hometown Artist Podcast. We talk about showing up authentically on social media as an artist, creative, or right-brained entrepreneur, so you can do what you love. I'm your host, Hannah. I'm here to help you find self-growth, expand your work, and have more fun trying new things. We stay curious and focus on being solution-driven. Let's get to it. If you could just tell us um, your your name and what you do and sure, sure. what you're yeah. working on. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, my name is Elijah Strongheart Evanson. Uh, Strongheart's my middle name, but it's also the, the art name that I go by for sculpture. Strongheart Sculpture is kind of my main brand name. And I'm a sculptor primarily, but I also do a lot of digital work. Uh, this kind of started because in the beginning, I was a, a video game artist. I was making characters for video games in like 2004, working for Xbox games. And I wanted to learn more anatomy. So I took a sculpting class. I would taken many, many art classes. I've been drawing and everything, but I took a sculpting class. And I realized that was the one medium that I had never really pursued. And I realized that it was had all the answers, all the, the things that I like to do and, and the ways that I like to express myself was all within sculpture. And I became really obsessed with that. And I, I worked in video games for about 15 years. And then I uh, decided to uh, not take any more jobs and focus primarily on sculpting on my in my sculpture studio. And I have uh, spent maybe about 10 years kind of being an independent sculptor and was uh, creating many, many different types of sculpture, like masks. I created a lot of masks for like haunted houses and in small productions and, and uh, uh, theater, Seattle Immersive Theater was a big uh, client of mine for a long time. And then I started wanting to get away from mass, focus more on the figurative stuff, which is my favorite, like uh, um, human and animal. I love, I love anatomy because of the science behind it. I find so fascinating. I, I spend a lot of time did, um studying it and it, it, it inspires me and it's it's like not just like the shape but it's how it works and the mechanisms and everything and just I get really excited about it so I wanted to put most of my energy into that kind of work and I have a lot of training learning from humans uh, and learning from people that learn from humans my my masters uh, sculptors that I learned from were all people that were taught from people that they go back to a line that goes back to the, the Renaissance, back to the Medici's and Leonardo da Vinci and Michelangelo. Like that is where the tradition that I learned from came from. And so I really wanted to uh, use that and, and make sure that I carried on that tradition. I noticed in the 20th century, there was a lot fewer modern figurative pieces. There was very few figurative pieces just in general. Modern art became very abstract and, and moved away almost entirely from the figure and it became a thing for me that I was like, I got to bring that back to art. Uh, but I noticed in the last uh, 15 years, like, you know, this century, this millennium, there has been a resurgence of figurative art and a lack of, of uh, dismissal of it, which I'm really happy to see in this new era. 20th century kind of, if you, if you notice the art history in the beginning, there was Picasso and the Impressionists and then Jackson Pollock and... There was just very little, at least in the Americas, very little figurative art that was really pursued. So I really wanted to bring it back. But now I'm noticing nobody remembers the 20th century. So <laughs> everybody's all excited about figurative art again. That's great. 
And yeah. so I, I, I'm like, oh, I'm ready for this. And uh, lately I've been doing a lot of figures uh, that are based off of the Crystal Goddess series, which is uh, my goes back to my story, the Crystal Nebula. But these are characters that um, I just want to create things that inspire people to see the world uh, in, a, in a way that is uh, mystical, but also not... Um, devoid of science. I'd like to combine the idea of science and uh, mysticism, science and, and the awe of the universe. This goes back to like my particular brand, which is the mystic naturalism sculpture is, is kind of a, a theme that I've been going on with for a while, which always goes back to me believing that science gives me the same satisfaction and, and salvation that a lot of uh, religious people seem to have with, with God or, or with whatever for that. their religion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I uh, decided to, to kind of pursue that because it meant a lot to me. And I noticed it resonated with people, especially in Seattle, there's a strong uh, desire for art that is related to nature related to anatomy. There's a lot of um, obsession with, with uh, the skeletal stuff. And I noticed that coming from studying sculpture where we had to learn the bones, we had to learn the muscles. And if you didn't like learning that, it was really hard to pursue sculpture and really get good at it because it's, it's if that stuff's boring to you, you're not gonna enjoy spending the rest of your life doing it. And so I noticed the sculptors, a lot of the people that I was like learning with, uh, some of the people that I taught, they all really enjoyed skeletons and that became a part of their art and like the uh, naturalism of it and like understanding the science behind how everything worked. And it wasn't just like dissecting it and pulling it apart. It was like the wolf is a beautiful creature. It's got a beautiful skeleton, but as a character, it was such a, uh, like a icon that you could see in your dreams, like an archetype that mattered to you beyond just it being a, a, a specimen and I felt like that was something that hasn't been kind of talked about enough in our world is, is the connection between science and mysticism and how uh, we, can, we can bring that together. Because in the, the Catholic, uh, um, uh, you know, the, the Crusades and all of the uh, conquests that uh, Catholicism did over a lot of the other cultures, we lost the sense that science and religion uh, are, are the same. Like it's really just what is our world, but somehow in there, there's this, this quote of like, science must stay 20 feet away from religion at all times. <laughs> so science is boring. We know what it is. Magic is something that we don't know what it is. And, and yeah. I've never seen it that way. I've always seen everything that I learned in science about stars or about, you know, the, a, a tree, uh, you know, mm -hmm. the, the way a seed grows or a flower grows or a bird flies, it's all magic to me. And it's like, the more mm -hmm. we learn about it, it's still, it's like learning about the magic. And, and that's yeah. what uh, I pursue uh, day to day with my sculptures. But I guess like currently I'm working on a graphic novel uh, that's, that's based off of that, but also I have a million uh, projects that I've always got going sculptures and I'm always ready to like produce one more. Uh, lately, I, I've been doing a line of candles that are um, uh, smaller projects for uh, uh, basically 
shipping is a lot easier with smaller projects. It's a lot easier to carry uh, small projects and sell small projects. So I've been wanting a small set of smaller projects. There's about three kind of small projects I just finished and uh, put a lot of energy nice. in that. But um, anyway, I'm, I'm rambling about a lot of things. No, I, I loved so much that. So many... Oh, I love it so much. It reminds me of what you said about mysticism is the idea of the God of the gaps, which is, you know, when we can't explain something, it becomes uh, a spiritual thing where we, we attribute it to the divine or spiritual. But once we understand it, then it becomes part of, part of our vocabulary. So the line is really working with, with each other to do that. I have so many books sitting next to me that talk about exactly what your work is inspired by, because I've got like books like the cosmos and like Stephen Hawking's work. And then I have art artist work that are totally different, but I only love the artists that can really combine words in a way that, that it inspires me like that. So that's, that's all the books I read is stuff about cool. that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it's really funny cause I absolutely hated pottery when I did it <laughs> and sculpting and it just wasn't my thing. It was a tactile sure. thing, the, the feeling of it. So whenever I see someone who excels at it really well, I, I absolutely will buy it because I know I will never see that in my home. I can never make that myself. So I, I love it so much. I love your videos too, because you have a little bit of humor in there. You have um, like your process, you answer questions, you have a good variety of kind of what you talk about and how it comes across. Do you have a, a loose strategy for why you post or when you post or how you do it? Sure. I definitely have a, a strategy that is built up over, you know, years of using social media, seeing what works and what doesn't. Uh, it, the as far as like, how can I actually create content? It usually just comes down to, I'm working on something. I, you know, I should film it a little bit, you know, like, Oh, I should take some shots. And then usually what happens is I'm left up with a bunch of content and I try to edit it together when I'm like falling asleep and, and try to create something around that point. But the, in, there's a lot of thought that I have behind everything uh, from my experience, like going back to like, maybe it was like 2014, 2015, when I was first in Instagram, I noticed that I was getting more likes on certain images and less likes on other images and, and trying to understand what that meant. I didn't want to change my art based off of like Instagram likes, but I did notice the way that it was presented changed dramatically the amount of uh, responses I got. And so I decided I needed to curate everything before I put it on there so that I wasn't just um, just uploading things from my phone randomly. And I, I decided that, okay, it's, it's got to go through the test for me where I look at it and then I put it down and I look at it again. And I'm like, imagine if I saw that and it wasn't me, it wasn't a friend of mine, it was just a random person. How would I judge it? And so I, I kind of look at everything through that lens of like, how would I respond to that if it wasn't me? If, if, if it was a, a stranger putting that up, would I like it? Would I judge it? Would I see there's something wrong with it? Or would I be like, huh, and just move on? And um, every now and then I'll find something in my work that has a hook that like is like, oh, that's people people really want that. They really like it. And, um, and I try to create that. I try to cultivate that as much as I can. Something that pops, something that is like, 
that, that gets me more excited than the other work that I'm seeing. And I think that is in general, the biggest challenge of an artist. It's like, if you're, you've got to work in a gallery, like how do you, to put something up to make it feel like it's worth buying compared to all the other stuff. It's, it's just artists have to always do that. And there's kind of competition to it and everything, but that was Instagram. When I got to TikTok, it was a whole different animal. And the only reason I, I feel like I got any success at all is because I really enjoyed TikTok. Cause I started like just looking at stuff and, and finding other artists that I like finding people that I like to follow and, and realizing that I liked the format. And I noticed that unfortunately, like I wasn't that interested in just like a video of drawing or a video of, of something happening. It just wasn't enough. And I was realizing that that's why those videos of my own weren't getting enough attention where it was just like a time-lapse or something. It's good. It still gets some attention, but in comparison to something with a little clever idea, you know, whether it's like a trendy kind of video setup or, or if it's like a, um, I, I find the stuff that really gets people is when you have some sort of mystery, uh, which with TikTok works really well. If you, if you don't show everything right away, because unlike Instagram, where it was just like photos, you were scrolling through TikTok, it, 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 you need to engage with it. To, to continue on. So there was something I noticed with my videos and, and videos that I liked was if it didn't show the thing right away, it hooked people for just long enough so that they stopped scrolling for a second. And that you see like that in trends across the board for artists is it's all about if you show the thing right away, people move on. But if you, if you like hide it, if you're, you know, people are hiding it or something, there's all these videos like, don't, I, Oh, here it is. And like <laughs> that, um, that got me thinking, like, I don't, I didn't want to do what other people did. I'm, I'm terrible with the trends. Cause I, I don't want to do them. I'm not excited about them. So I find when I do them, it's not in my heart's not in it. And then I don't get as much attention as other people do with the trends. It's usually when I do my own thing. Uh, I think trends are great and they, they seem to work out really well, but I noticed I wanted to take that same idea of like creating mystery or, or slowing the the content so it doesn't just show up right away and finding ways to do that. And if I could just spend some time thinking about like clever ways to get the user engaged before I show them, uh, I found that worked really well. But the funniest thing about TikTok is it's the video that was like... Um, I, I was like, had COVID and I wasn't really feeling that great. And I just uploaded some old footage from my phone and wasn't thinking that's the video that got 5 million views. And I'm like, what, how did that happen? And, and I started looking into it and it, it's like, sure. There's, there was like a, what the fuck, you know, is this weird puppet that looked like it was sick and it was driving in a car and there's like, some, <laughs> what, the, what the hell to that? It's like, whoa. but I, I realized that TikTok has their own control they get to decide who goes viral. And in that, I was looking at all my other videos and that was the one that related least to sculpting. And it seemed like they didn't want to promote me. They just wanted to make one of my videos go viral. And at that point, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to try to go viral anymore because it's not actually helping me. What happened mm -hmm. with that video? I got 5 million views. I got like maybe six thousand children following me and children aren't my customers and and you know it's not really the demographic that i was looking for 
And so I was like, oh, I don't really want that. So I'm going to stick with sculpting. Sculpting is the, the, what I want to portray to everybody and I want to show. And, and, and I started changing from maybe a little more pop culture stuff and started moving more to like classical music and trying to make uh, a different vibe uh, that is what I actually want people to see my work as rather than just trying to do a trend to go viral. And that's when it came down to, I want to control my brand and don't want the social media to take it away from me just because of what's trending at the moment. And I think that ultimately will create a stronger brand because uh, it's, it's about what I care about and what, what people really are responding to. So that's what I've been doing in the last year or the last six months is, is kind of taking it away from just a lot of trends or pop media stuff and, and trying to find kind of a unique, more niche view uh, or of, of my work that, that gives it class or elegance, which is always what I wanted people to see it as. And so there's a, there's a lot of like thought in there, uh, but the, the overall like schedule is usually just kind of like gather the content, see what works. And then if I have like an inspired idea, I might shoot for that or like create a little video for that. But, um, but usually I'm working on art and, and the social media is kind of comes at the end of the day. I wish I had more time. Anytime I put more time into it, I get a lot more from it. It's just about the balance of, of, you know, doing so many things at once. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. I love everything you said for everybody that's going to be listening to this. Everything that Elijah said is spot on with, what I'm trying to teach my clients is, you know, it's about that very open mindset of realizing that all of these flashy things and these videos are really entertaining, but that's not what you're here for. You're here to build your brand. And you, you're doing that in a perfect way. I think a lot of times we get in our heads of how to self curate ourselves and we need to be perfect, but learning, you learned along the way and you figured out what to do. And that, that is a perfect approach. I absolutely love it. Do you feel like there is one platform over another that you prefer to show sculptures or, or your other work that does a little bit better, better on each platform? Yeah, that's a good question. Cause I'm on TikTok, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, I'm on uh, uh, Instagram and, and basically anything else that comes up, I'll, I'll jump on it. Uh, I find TikTok is great, but Instagram is where most of my clients have come from. Uh, so I, I seem to get more engagement and on TikTok, there's a lot more going on on TikTok, but Instagram seems to be the place that people go for art and they go to look at art and to find an artist portfolio. And I find I, I have gotten a lot of commissions through Instagram. And it was funny because at first it was a struggle. It was such a struggle just getting any followers at all. It was work really, really hard and get one follower in a month or something. And it was, it was like really hard about four or five years ago. And I just kept at it and I pushed and pushed and finally got a thousand followers. And at that moment I started getting, uh, commissions constantly, like from, from Instagram. It was like, I just had to push past the magic number, but, um, the, I, I found that there's, there's different kind of reasons for each one. Uh, and like Instagram's great for art. TikTok seems to be really good for social engagement 
and just kind of more of an organic connection with people because I, I don't seem to have a kind of a conversation on Instagram the same way. I, I constantly have like conversations on TikTok just in the comments or even like if I go live, there's a, people will like show up and ask me questions or um, there's just a, there's a lot more kind of connections that I make in TikTok that that seems more about the community. And that's awesome. And I love that. And then with Twitter, it, um, I, I haven't cracked, uh, the, the, um, traditional art market in Twitter, but I noticed Twitter is huge on a digital media, digital, uh, you know, collectibles and everything. It's huge with that stuff. So that's like, if you, if that's what you're trying to promote, that's where you go for that. Whereas TikTok and Instagram hate that stuff. It hates NFTs and collectibles and anything like that. So they are like, there's certain platforms for certain media that seems to be true. And then um, like Facebook, I like for keeping uh, a community. It seems to be really good for you know, friends and, and kind of a more personal connection. Uh, but I guess all of them, for me, like I'm pretty evenly spread throughout them and I get about the same responses on my videos throughout them. Um, I will say that right now, TikTok uh, uh, organic reach has slowed really, really way, way, way down compared to what it was last year. It used to be very easy to go viral. Now it is a lot more difficult. I don't know what changed, but there was like last month, there was a stop everybody stop getting views just across the board and usually some people are bad mad about being shadow banned but i went and looked at everybody's views and it just everybody's at like 500 to a thousand for people that have thousand or you know hundreds of thousands of followers so something happened with tiktok and now instagram reels are going viral like crazy so uh this is this is the platforms are competing against each other for our love <laughs> and we gotta mm -hmm. we gotta like look at which one is, is giving the most treats and, and kind of mm -hmm. put your energy into that for the moment. But yeah, yeah you're I, I doing like really well on all of those. I feel like, you know, I checked out what you're doing and it makes a lot of sense. I feel like what people don't understand is that the natural progression of a social media app is it has really high organic reach when it's first made, you know, all the social media apps did that YouTube, Vine, Instagram, and then they switched to some kind of combination of paid and organic. And that's what TikTok did. And, you know, it's not always your fault. Usually if someone thinks they're shadow banned, it's not, it's actually just the, the app changed and you, you just have to work harder to get it done. And of course, you know, if you want lots of views, you can do that. But my goal is to make sure that nobody's putting energy where it doesn't need to be. So as long as, you know, you can keep up with all those things and it feels good to you and you're not getting stressed out by it, then I would just say, have fun with it. That's fantastic. I love how you show your pieces with the, the trending audio behind it because it's using a tool that the app is going to reward you for, but it's also saying, well, this is what I care about, this piece right here. And I was wondering when I was looking at your work, which which pieces you decide to share and which ones you maybe don't share. Cause I feel like a lot of artists struggle with that. They're like, should I share work in progress? Should I share a f the failed attempts? So how do you decide what to share? Uh, it's a really good point or a good question. Cause I, I noticed that um, there is 
like you'll lose viewers if you show something too early or, or if, if people like, I don't, I don't understand what I'm looking at and art isn't always pretty. And sometimes I get it to a place where I, I'm like, I think it's good. And I take a picture of it. And then like next week I've, I've thrown everything away and redone it completely because it yes. wasn't up to my standards. And so it, I, I do the thing I, I mentioned earlier, which is the, the, the test. I make it go through a test where I look at it and I put it away. And then I look at it again and try to imagine if I'm somebody else looking at it, whether or not uh, I would appreciate it. But I did get a lot of feedback a while ago that I wasn't posting enough in progress work. And that wasn't from, you know, like massive amount of people. It was just like friends that wanted to see earlier versions of, you know, what it started at. And the reason why I wasn't posting is uh, because I wasn't getting as many likes when I post at that stage and sculpture takes a long time. It'll, it'll easily take a month to do a lot of these pieces. And so I, I want to post something. And then I, I, you know, sometimes it's time-lapse. Sometimes it's just like a little mystery shot. But um, it, I try uh, I, I try to like get away from this and just kind of enjoy it a little bit more. But I have this sense that everything that I post is my reputation. And I, I can't let something out there. I can't put it into the world if I don't feel confident with it. Uh, and I, I have that, uh, uh, view on it because in the past with Instagram, I, I posted everything and I noticed I would, wouldn't really gain that many followers from posts that weren't really that interesting. And I also might lose followers if the, the work didn't look perfect. And that, that's a real annoying thing about being an artist and, and posting on social media is, people get to get into your studio and see the stuff that you might be embarrassed about if you're posting everything. So I do curate, I try not to show stuff when it's too early. Um, I try to like, I'll, usually what happens is I'll get a piece. Uh, if I'm like getting it to that sweet spot where I'm feeling like I'm just ready to post, I'll take a picture. I'm really excited. I want to post it, but I'll sleep on it because I I'm just maybe in the morning I might see a mistake that I didn't, see last night and I'd, I'd be embarrassed about it. Uh, so it, it is um, a lot of uh, self-analyzation of, is it, is it good enough? Uh, that I do think about that a lot. And, and I try to not these days, because I think I spent too much time in that headspace. And I want to, uh, I noticed in, in TikTok, they don't care about a finished piece as much as they care about seeing process or like, I get a lot of views if you show the clay, if you show like a smudge of clay or, you know, the visceral part of the clay, the feeling, the tactile feeling, if you show that that's almost more interesting for a TikTok video than if you just show a final piece. So I'm trying to kind of find that sweet spot where I'm proud of what I'm, I'm seeing. And, you know, that also is, I would like, you know, every part of the process to look great. And, and it's, it's kind of a curation of your own life. And when you're doing art, and you're thinking about a piece at the end being the important part. Not everything looks great along the process, uh, but it is something where I'm like, well, maybe it could look cool though. You know, every, each part could have a, a presentation to it. Each part could have a way that it, it works out that is like, hey, that that is pretty, even if it's not finished or that it's just a lump of clay, but it has a nice light to it. Or, you know, maybe the shapes and the, the smoothness looks cool. And so I, at this point, it's like, does it 
impress me, even if it isn't the art that's impressing me, is the video impressing me? And uh, I, I'll, I'll do it, edit it, and then sit on it just for a little bit, not post right away. I get really excited. I want to post right away, but mm-hmm. I usually like to um, take a, Brit, a minute to, to think about it and make sure that it is what I want. And mm-hmm. that's usually what I go through as far as trying to get good quality content. Mm, that's all perfect. I feel like there's a sweet spot between being really, you know, non exposing about your process and only showing finished products and then talking, you know, too much about it. And then we've kind of lost track of your finished vision. And we're just asking questions about how to make stuff. It's like, there's a sweet spot in there where it's quality over quantity, which is such a big key for especially Instagram and TikTok in 2023, because these apps are not going to be, you know, rewarding you for just posting endlessly. That's not how it's going to work. If it maybe it worked that way, like two years ago, it's not anymore. So it's really, that's a really perfect approach. I feel like as long as we're getting excited about it and it's aligned with, you know, who we are and what we want to show and what we know is the best of ourselves, or even just our learning process, those are all worthy of being shared. Um, And as long as, you know, you feel good about it the next day and you're not, nervous you don't feel like it's too much to to expose to someone else i would always say share it because as long as it checks that that passes that test i would i would just send it i love that so much and i love that you know we can share all these different parts of what we do and what lights us up and that is what brings people back to us i love that do you have a a kind of strategy for sharing all these other things you're doing or things like showings and exhibitions, how do you let people know about those things? Do you post on Instagram stories or anything like that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Instagram stories are, are wonderful for um, getting people to see when I, when I have a showing coming up because it, it's, it seems to be the fastest way to reach people. Like stories get to people, they, get, they just show up on your feed over an image that you post as an image sometimes doesn't ever get, they show it to like 12 people uh, every now and then if, if the algorithm isn't happy with you. So um, definitely stories, um, tick, you know, like I'll do the, if, I, if I've got a, uh, a gallery show coming up and I really want people to go, I'll do a full campaign where it's like stories, post, real TikTok, Twitter, everything just to get, so nobody can miss it. And then uh, the real way that you get people to go to your showing is to do an invite. And the best way is if it's personal, if you can say, Hey, I, you know, you're my friend, you're part of my community. Uh, I would love it if you came to this thing. Uh, And I find that uh, that's the real way to get people to do things is to actually talk to them. Uh, of course, that's much more work with, if you're talking to like 50 people. But um, I I love the stories because Instagram stories are carefree. I That's where I started posting all the content that I wasn't ready to post on a, an image. I was just like, all right, well, people can see what I'm in the middle of. That's fine. Uh, and there's this like intimate open back door to the studio about it. And so I, I get a lot of engagement with stories and there's a lot of ways to to connect but uh the main thing would be to to tell people early it's like if i know the date tell them 
uh, a month or two ahead of time. And then I, I have this sweet spot where I wait six days before it is. And then I really start showing uh, the um, the invites and, and telling people as much as I can. Six days so that they don't get confused that it's not last Sunday or this Sunday. It's like, it's this Sunday coming up. Uh, and that's when my uh, exhibition marketing really pushes into extreme is that, that day. And it's actually worked out really well because I find people don't know what they're doing all the time, two months from now or whatever. They, they might... If, if you get it into their heads that there is something that is happening and it's happening in this day and you have that night off, then it all lines up and, and people can make it. Uh, but like invites, uh, direct message invites are magic because if somebody hears you talking to them directly, it's hard to not respond to that. Or, you know, like if it's, if yeah, there's any personal information and it's, it doesn't look like a, a, a spam email that you sent to everybody, uh, then people feel like they have to respond to it somehow and just kind of, there, there's, there's much better connection. And, and then there's, uh, I don't even know if it works anymore, but before the pandemic, what worked really well was the Facebook uh, invite um, events. The Facebook events worked really well because uh, they were they would show up as a notification, but I haven't seen them much since the pandemic. It's uh, nobody got together in person. So I think they started phasing out the events a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love the feeling of creating exclusivity with our, our marketing actions. And basically what that boils down to is just, do people feel like this offer is primed for them and meeting them at a critical moment when they actually want it and need it. And creating that feeling is really easy with things like stories on Instagram and DMs because it's something that I don't think TikTok has mastered yet is the feeling of being being close to someone in their in their mind. Like I'm thinking about the thing the ways you've answered my stories or the questions and using things like close friends list to say this is for you and I'm focusing on what you care about. And that's the whole point of, you know, artists that excel on social media do that. They make people feel like they're a part of something cuz they are a part of something. That's that's wonderful. I hope that all your shows go so well this year and make sure to ask me questions if you have any. Um, Thank you. Yeah. I yeah. Just totally to that end, answer. I, I, the exclusivity is a big deal. People love to be in a small part. And I found that a small community is, is much more that knows you and is talking to you is much more powerful than a giant community of, of people that are maybe like your your thing but that's about it yeah uh, and the, i always ask every creative like you you've heard of other goals like going viral or a certain amount of followers or so and so picks up your portfolio from instagram but what is your goal like let's let's make sure that you're not just wasting energy doing things that aren't going to bring you happiness in your life because it's that's the goal is to yeah. make your life you know full of those things that you love do you feel like there is one lesson that you've learned that you would share. Like, let's say there's um, someone who makes art similar to yours, but they haven't begun posting. What would you share as your biggest lesson that you've learned? Hmm. Yeah, I, I maybe say just um, it's important to be authentic to your vision. Uh, definitely with what you were saying you have to figure out what you really want out of it and believe in that. 
And the one thing that seems to be uh, the, the key to success, whether it's social media or running a business or being an artist or being a monk, it's, it's consistency and it's commitment. It's like, if you want to do this, people will join and get involved. Uh, there's enough people in the world that somebody's going to find your work and like it. So the uh, feeling of, of putting something on there and not getting enough likes and then giving up, I think that's the biggest mistake people make because if you want to uh, connect uh, with a big reach, uh, everybody started out doing that. They started out and they didn't get a lot of likes and they just kept on doing it. And then the likes started growing. It's it's reason why they call it organic growth. Is mm. It's like you have to water it. You have to take care of it every day. And it, it doesn't just show up. Like the, the, the whole idea of this going viral, whoops, I went viral. It's like nobody that went viral went viral the first post. That's just not how it works. Everybody's put a lot of time before that one post went viral and uh, like TikTok, Instagram, they know what you're up to. They paid attention to you. So if you are being consistent, they will show you to more people. And then uh, the one thing that I found was that people do like consistency in uh, brands that they're uh, digesting because if, if you are doing this one thing one day and then you switch over and you're doing a different thing another day, some people don't even know who you are. It's like, what is this new thing? I don't remember following that person. Unfollow. And so consistency is really important. And it's one of the reasons why I actually break up my graphic novel from my sculpture. I have two different Instagrams. There's and in TikToks, it's like I don't I don't want people to be confused. It's I, I do a lot of things. I'm an illustrator and a sculptor and a CG animator and all kinds of stuff, but I want people to think of me as a sculptor. Because when they first meet me, it's a little too confusing to know all this other stuff. And I notice that's how uh, I've gotten sales is when people see me as this thing and they understand it. And they're like, okay, he's that. That makes sense. I like that. And, and, and consistency seems to be the biggest uh, thing there. And then believing in yourself. It's like just because you posted and nobody liked it doesn't mean that if you post it the next day, it won't get some more attention and, and more attention. Cause if you really believe in an idea, uh, it's probably good. It's most people are a pretty good judge of, of, of ideas, even of their own ideas. And it's, it's just about sticking with it. Mm. That is, that is all on point. Perfect, perfect advice. I hope that everybody heeds that and writes that down, take out your notes, write that down. Cause that was absolutely perfect. I always, get questions about, should I have two separate pages for different things? And it comes back to when I had a portfolio class, it was, if it's a different service and thing that you're doing to make other people's lives better, whatever your thing is, yes, to have two separate places for it. But if it's, if it's not that case, if you're doing one thing, but you want to have a personal page and a different page for like a, a small thing you're interested in, I always say, no, that should be all part of the same page. So that's a good rule of thumb. If you're not offering two different services and, and mediums in that sense, then keep it all on one page. But you're doing the right thing definitely by breaking it up. I, I love everything you said about your strategy because it's something that it just makes sense in terms of how the human brain works. It's how 
people respond. We want to be a part of what's going to happen with you. And we want it to be super simple and clear what's happening, but we also want to be a part of everything. So I think you're exactly on the right track. I would love for you to share where people can see, see your work, work for me, work with you or anything that you're working on that you want to share. Just feel free to mention any of it. Okay. Thank you. Um, yeah, my main art name is strong heart, uh, sculpture and it's heart like a beating heart. And, uh, you can find me strong heart sculpture, Instagram, strong heart sculpture on TikTok, and strong heart sculpture on Twitter and strong heart sculpture on, on Facebook. Uh, usually if you look for strong heart and you find some really kick-ass sculpture, that's going to be me. So, uh, that you can, you can search me anyway that way, but also, um, I've got a website, strongheartsculpture.com. Uh, I'd love for people to, to follow me in TikTok or Instagram, uh, anywhere where they can connect and, and talk. Um, I also do like to talk to people. <laughs> I really enjoy the messages and, and stuff. I have a lot of information. I've, I've studied sculpture and art history and science for a lot of years. And, and, and so I have a lot of information advice, but also I just love to chat about fun things. I'm also excited about everything under the sun when it comes to our life. So I, there's a lot of various interests out there and I, I want to uh, connect with everybody, but um, sculpture is my jam and, and it really is classical figurative art is, is one of my favorite things. And um I am working on a graphic novel that is, uh, I've been working on for um, the story for seven years, but in the last uh, year and a half, I've been doing a lot of uh, work on the graphic novel. It's coming, the first ch chapter should come out this year. And it's, it's a big epic space opera kind of thing, but it's um, the best way it. to describe it would be like labyrinth in space. A, a young woman from earth ends up in a nebula and with a bunch of crazy aliens that are all very, um, uh, inspired, uh, fun. Uh, it's, it's a little more, uh, kooky than I usually go with my art, but it's a, uh, it, like I said the, uh, earlier, there's this puppet that I made Orac Dickinson. He's a big space alien, uh, he's an ancient alien. And he's, he left his world because his world was dying and he needed to collect, uh, magnetospheres to save his world. And he showed up on earth and has been telling me the story. And I've been trying to, uh, write it all down and get it. Uh, it's a fun story. And I think people will enjoy it when it comes out in the graphic novel. And that's going to be probably about the time this podcast comes out, my website will be up. It's the crystal nebula.com. And that will be uh, I show a preview of the, Neb uh, the crystal nebula. Also, if you want to pre-order the actual book, but the graphic novel will be available for reading. At least uh, a lot of it will be available for reading on that website, just online. Oh my gosh. That is so exciting. I love Labyrinth. It's so special in my heart. And I love anything that is going to give me that feeling. So please make sure to check out his work if you want to see any of that. Thank you so much for talking with me. Yeah, I appreciate you, your Anna. time. And all of your ideas were perfect, immaculate. And I am totally open to any questions you have. If you have a specific question, feel free to shoot me a DM or email me. Um, as long as I have time, I will always answer. So just let oh, me thank know. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for spending time with me today. 
You can submit questions and apply to be on the podcast or just chat with us on our Discord server by visiting me on Instagram or TikTok and searching for the name Hanala, H-A-N-N-A-L-A-H, and then clicking on the link in my bio. Please make sure to leave us a review. It helps me so much to connect with more brilliant artists and creatives. I can't wait to talk to you all again soon.